So we are starting a new, a new series right there on the board. It's called Treasure in the Kingdom. Treasure in the Kingdom. And the reality is we just saw it on that video that Sean did and heard him talking about it, of this treasure of the kingdom. Those middle schoolers, they're living it. They are living it. Um, I'm just let's, let's pray real quick. Whoa, not yet. Easy. Easy. That was crazy. Yes, treasure. We're talking about treasure. All right. Father, we just um, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the way that you treasure us, for the treasure that you have for us, God. We pray right now that you would just come. You would reveal yourself to us, Lord, in, in your word, <clears throat> that we would have ears to hear and hearts that are open to receive what you have for us, God. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. So let's start with the word treasure. I was talking to my three-year-old boy last night, Luke, and I said, Luke, when you hear the word treasure, what is it that you think of? And of course, right away, immediately, he's got got an answer. He's like, candy. (laughs) Candy is treasure. And it's not only Luke, right? It's, It's all my kids. Like, that's the thing. They're like, man, you know, if like, if someone gives me candy, that person is the most popular, the greatest person. That's the greatest thing that they can receive from someone. But even more than that, if one of my kids give you a piece of candy, you better realize just how special you are. Because that is the most precious thing that they could ever give away. So you see, that's what candy is. It's the thing that we seek most to obtain. You know, when my kids say, oh, I just want candy. It's desire in them. Like, man, if I have this one thing, no matter what it takes, if I can just get this one thing, life will be okay. No matter what the steps are to get to it, that's what a treasure is. It's this thing that out of everything in our life, if I can just get this thing, life will be okay. And when we get it, then we say, Ha, I'm worthy now. I've obtained this thing. I am worthy now. Our value is based in that thing, right? So whatever that is, could be your desire to get married. Man, if I get married, then I know that I have value. Could be like once you get married, man, if my family has it all together, if I'm presentable when I come to church, (laughs) not our family, but if I'm presentable when I come to church, Man, then I have worth and value, right? It could be I drive an F-150. I love my F-150. But man, if I had an F-250, that'd be pretty sweet. I wonder what that would be like, right? And so there's these desires in us. Like, what is it? What is it that we treasure? And we search and we search for the treasures that will satisfy our heart's desires, The reality is, though, our hearts are made for something greater than the treasures that we can find here on this earth. We won't ever find that treasure here on this earth. Jesus talks about this. He talks about it in Matthew 13. Throw that up on the screen there. Matthew 13, verses 44 to 46. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has, And buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, 
who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. It's a little bit confusing, right? Jesus is talking about this kingdom thing. For me, that's, that's a little bit confusing. So I always go to my most prolific Bible that I have, the Jesus Storybook Bible, right? Great book. If you do not have this Bible, get it. I don't care if you have children or not. Great book. Get it. Read it. All right? So I had to go here to get things simplified a little bit. Great thing about this book is they also have it on audio now. And so we're going to play this chapter on audio. And I just want you guys to listen to how it is that Jesus speaks of this treasure. Treasure hunt. One day, Jesus was telling people about God's kingdom. God's kingdom is wherever God is king, Jesus told them. It's wherever God is in charge. It's where he fills your heart up with his forever happiness and you stop running away from him and you love him. But sometimes people couldn't understand things very well. So Jesus helped them by telling them stories called parables. Jesus said, God's kingdom is like a hidden treasure. And then he told them this story. Once upon a time, there was a man working in a field digging. So there he is digging. But what he doesn't know is that in that field, there is buried treasure. So dig, 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 clink, clank, clonk. Uh-uh. His shovel bumps into something hard. Hello, what's this? He picks it up, dusts it off. It's a chest. It's rusted and locked, but... He pries it open. And what he sees inside takes his breath away. Beautiful, glittering, gleaming, twinkling, sparkling, precious jewels. It's a treasure chest. He wants that treasure. He needs to get that treasure. He must have that treasure. Somehow. Even if he has to sell everything he has so he can pay for it. He quickly buries the treasure again, runs home and sells everything he has. He takes the money from the sale and goes and buys that field. Now he owns the field and the treasure that is buried in it. He runs back and digs up the treasure again. Jesus said, coming home to God is as wonderful as finding a treasure. You might have to dig before you find it. You might have to look before you see it. You might even have to give up everything you have to get it. But being where God is, being in his kingdom, that's more important than anything else in all the world. I love that line. Coming home to God is as wonderful as finding a treasure. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that coming home to God is more wonderful than finding a treasure? Have you ever experienced that? Do you believe that encountering the most precious thing in all the world, a relationship with the God, the King, the Savior of the world, is worth a little work? Is worth a little digging? Is it worth looking for? Is it worth giving up everything that you have in order to get it? I had lunch with a a friend um, this week, and uh, Jennifer and I had lunch with her, and she was telling us about um, just part of her life and her marriage and and just how the Lord has just transformed that, that marriage. And 
she was saying that, you know, this thing had happened in our marriage. Trust had been broken. There was no hope. But all I could do in my head was try to figure out how to restore it, how to restore it, how to restore it. And then I met with a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, and she said, you know, it's not about that. It's about aligning yourself with the king, the savior, putting yourself in a place where you can receive this greater gift. If it's just about restoring this one thing on this earth that's going to pass away, you'll never be able to receive the treasure that the Lord has for you. And she did that. You know, as we're listening to her story, it was amazing to hear how the Lord had restored her heart to him. And then he went and restored the marriage too, which is amazing. She's sitting in this room right now. Crazy how God had done that. It wasn't about the restoration of the marriage though. It was about her relationship with the Father and what he wanted to do there. Because this is the greatest treasure. It's the only treasure that will ever satisfy. This relationship between us and our Heavenly Father. This invitation to be a part of something that is way bigger than our little world. But we don't treat it this way, right? We make our story bigger than his. We think that nobody will understand us. There's no way that, that, you know, that someone can really fully grasp what I'm going through. They don't get that this thing that I have to figure out, this thing that I have to do, is the greatest thing. And we isolate ourselves. And we don't realize that the Lord wants us to come into a bigger story, a bigger picture, this bigger treasure that he has for us. And the main reason that we do this, the main reason that we do this, we isolate ourselves, the main reason we say that our story is bigger than his, the main reason that we put all these treasures in the place of him is we don't know him. We don't really know him. Because if we knew him, we'd be able to see, man, there is nothing Nothing greater. Mark 10, 17 to 22. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Continue. You know the commandment. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This man wanted it. He came looking for Jesus, right? Teacher, Jesus, what do I have to do? He'd done all the right things, but the problem was that he didn't really know Jesus. He didn't understand these promises that Jesus had given him. You will have treasure in heaven. You can be with me. 
but he didn't fully know who Jesus was because he had never spent time with him. Jesus wasn't his savior and king. He had other things that could save him. Other treasures that still carried more value. Anything in your life, anything that is your most precious treasure, that's the thing that you become enslaved to. That's the thing that all other things are shadowed by that thing. That's why the rich young ruler walked away sorrowful, right? He realized that. He's like, man, I want this, but this teacher doesn't really understand. He doesn't really get it. This is the most important thing. You'll do anything for that thing. And you think you will sacrifice anything for that one thing. But then Jesus does something crazy, right? He comes on the screen and he completely flips the script. We think we're the ones that have to sacrifice. We're the ones that have to do in order to get these things. We have to get the kingdom. We have to get this treasure. We have to find it. And Jesus says, I have come to die that you may have and experience the most precious treasure of all. I want you to once again have a relationship with me, my Father and our Spirit. Trust me. There is no greater treasure than this. And to prove it to you, to show you just how much we love you, I will give up my life for you. Every single thing in this world that is contrary to our initial plan, I will carry that burden so that you may have this treasure of knowing me and my Father in a way that is beyond compare. You thought that F-250 was nice? Or that amazing wife that was nice? Or that beautiful home that you have? Or the way that you know that the, how the presidential race is going to turn out? You thought all those things were nice? They are nothing in comparison to what I have for you. So whatever it is that you're holding on to, let it go. Come and taste this treasure that I have for you. So what is it? What is it that we're holding on to? What is it that's keeping you from the treasure that he has for you? And how do we make him our treasure? Continuing that same chapter in Mark 10, verses 28 to 31. And Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now, now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first shall be last and the last first. The problem with the rich young ruler is that he thought of Jesus as just a teacher, right? Or someone that could give him some good advice or even just tell him what a good guy that he was. But nothing had really changed in his life. The thing is that when Jesus looks at us, he always looks at us in love. He is not just a teacher. He is our Savior. So when he looks at us in love, we ask him, Jesus, what must we do? He shows us the things that are blocking us from the treasure. But when we know him as Peter did, as Savior, King, Lord, the God Almighty, the ruler of my life, the one who understands me, the one who gets me, the one who has suffered with me, when we see him this way, 
then we are willing to give up anything to grow in that relationship with him, that treasure that he has for us. Jesus, Peter says, we have left everything to follow you. Everything. I know, Peter. Don't think that I haven't taken note. Don't think that I haven't noticed. You will have your reward, but there's still so much more that I have for you now. I want to begin this process of removing everything that is blocking you from knowing me more. And I want to begin that, that process of you knowing because there's no greater treasure than this relationship between us. I realize a lot of you don't know me, right? I used to know this church, everybody in this church. But a lot of you don't know me now. And when I was 22 years old, I moved to Lima, Peru as a missionary. And I spent four years there as a missionary. And when I went there, I had a good relationship with Jesus, I thought. I had a good relationship with Jesus. Jesus, I want you to use me to change the world. I am available, Jesus. I'm giving up everything. I'll give up my family. I'll give up my friends. I will go to Peru, and I will serve you. But now when I look back, man, I can see so much of the rich young ruler in me, right? I look back, and I see the, uh, the moral person that I was. I saw the way that I really just wanted to do things so that um, I could just do them to say that I'd done them. It was all for, for saying like, man, look at this. I'm sacrificing this. I'm doing this. And while I was doing all these things, something happened. Something happened with me. We worked on the streets in Lima with these street kids that lived there. And I saw their brokenness. And in that, what happened was the Lord revealed also my heart. You know, as I saw them struggling on the streets with their different addictions, with their different anger issues, the Lord began to put this mirror in front of me and say, like, man, look at your heart and what's going on there. How, who am I to judge them? Who am I to judge all these other people? Because, man, I judged a lot of people. And the Lord began to reflect this thing in my heart. And he said, who is it that you really treasure? What is it that you really treasure? And I really had to look at myself. And I looked at myself. It wasn't pretty, you know. I saw the judgment. I saw the lust. I saw all these things in my heart. And I remember the moment. I was actually in Kathmandu, Nepal. I was visiting Kristen Keene and her team in, in Calcutta, India. And I was in Kathmandu, Nepal. And I was sitting on this mountain. I remember the Lord saying, who are you going to serve? Are you going to continue to serve yourself? Are you going to serve me? But what he's really asking is, where is your treasure? Is your treasure in your identity and the things that you do? Or do you want your treasure to be me in this deeper relationship that I have for you? Thankfully, in that moment, I chose the right thing, which I'm proud of. And from that moment on, I mean, there's been lots of moments when the Lord's had to say, look in the mirror. What are you doing? That is not the desire of your heart. That is not the treasure that I have for you. And I've had to go back to that many times in that moment and remember, you're right, God. That is not what I want. That is not what I desire. So for me, as I think about this, there's three things um, 
as we pursue this treasure, there's three things that can happen when we embrace this treasure. First of all, we fall more in love with the treasure than anything else. Right? So, when my boy says, the greatest treasure in the world is candy, what happens as soon as he gets that lollipop? Well, not this one, Dad, but that one right there, that's the one I wanted. And as soon as he gets it, uh, it's that one. But in the kingdom of God, in his treasure, it's the exact opposite. As soon as our heart starts turning to the Father, as soon as we start to know him more, as Peter began to know Jesus more and more and more, he couldn't help but say, "Ah, where else could I turn? This is the greatest thing I've ever experienced. And that's what happens with this treasure. We fall more in love with it. We don't fall out of love with it. Secondly, we began to see things the way that Jesus does. Why? Because we're spending time with him, right? You know the old saying, like, who you hang with, that's who you are, or whatever, whatever it is, right? Who your friends are. Man, the more we spend time with Jesus, we begin to have this thing where our eyes see others the way that he does. No matter who it is, you know, whether it's Peter or the rich young ruler. When he looked at the rich young ruler, what did he do? He loved him. He felt love for him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter rich, poor, black, white, whatever it is. When you spend time with the Father, he transforms your heart. So when you look at others, you love them. And you fall deeper in love with him, and you fall deeper in love with those around you. So when we do that, it changes the things that we do, right? The way that we live. Suddenly, everything we do, this is number three, everything we do will be for his kingdom. We're willing to give it all away. And we do it. You know? We do it. Why? Because nothing else carries value like his kingdom. We don't do it because it's expected or commanded, but because we are driven by love and there is nothing more precious than that love that he's given us. And that's what drives us. The great thing is we have a great example of this. I'm going to close with this. Jesus has already given us the the example of what this looks like. He gave up more than we could ever imagine. He already made the ultimate sacrifice. When we reflect on the fact that the king of the universe came to earth to live a life of pain, temptation, and suffering for us, when we really look at what Christ did on the cross, for us, we keep that central in our lives. The treasures of this world do not look so shiny in our eyes. And we'll change that question, what the rich, what the rich young ruler had, right? That question of, teacher, what must I do to receive this eternal life? We change that question now to that of Peter, where he says, Savior, Father, King, Jesus, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the treasure of knowing you. What else is there in me that is keeping me from knowing you more? And that becomes our question. What else is there, God? 
I want to know you more. What else is there? I'm going to have Paul and the team come up. And we're going to take a minute to ask that question. Right? So we come back to the first question, though. Where is your treasure? What is your treasure? If you know what your treasure is, then you need to own it. Right? If it's Jesus, awesome. Own it. If it's something else, if it's your marriage, if it's your kids, if it's that F-250, whatever it is, own it. There's no condemnation in Jesus. He says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Ask the Lord to reveal that treasure. If you don't know what it is, man, God, I want it to be you, but what really is it? Ask him to reveal it this morning. He will. He'll reveal it. When we take ownership of it, when we know where we're at, you know, we think of directions. Oh, we want to get there. But if we don't know where we're at, how in the world are we ever going to get there? I want that treasure in the kingdom. But if you don't know where you're at, you'll never get there. So today is a day to start asking, where am I? And if you're already with him, spending time with him, sitting in his lap, stay right there. If you're not, own it. It's all right. There's no condemnation. He came to free us from that condemnation. He came to show us what that true treasure looks like and what it is. So we're going to take a minute. Paul's going to sing over us. And then we're going to go into um, prayer ministry. But now's the time to ask those questions that we've talked about. Where is my treasure? What is my treasure? Do I fully trust you, God? If I don't trust you, why is it? I want to know you. What does it mean to know you?